Welcome to Triple M's Dead Set Legends podcast for Betfair. Play your way this footy season by setting your own odds at Betfair. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For your Saturday morning, we've got the biggest sports show in town. And it's go, go, go! Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Legendary. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan and Lima. What a legend. Live from the 2023 Formula One Rolex Australian Grand Prix, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Yes, good morning and we are coming to you live from Albert Park. Team, how cool is this? It's, uh, you can hear the cars in the background. It's very, very exciting out there. The buzz around this place. But look at Jay Clark. He is just glowing this morning. He's in his element. I'm He's not as well dressed right now. as Kath, who's actually worn her black leather jacket like a real racing sort of feel to your get up today, Kath. It's, it's just because I'm not in active wear that you guys are like, whoa. <laughs> no, I am, I am actually working for Heineken later on, so I thought I'd uh, dress up. Jay dress does up. get excited, Lemo. Should have yes. seen him last year, though, yes. in his kit. Remember last year, yeah. Kath? He rocked up in his going out kit from the yeah. night before. Oh, he came yes. in that shirt and yeah. the dress he shoes. This is your. No, this is your grand final. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm so, I went to the footy last night and I worked, Joey, so I'm uh, very excited to be here. It is one of the top five weekends of the year in Melbourne. <laughs> Are we getting another top five? Is that I, no, okay, no, but I'm passionate about this one. I'm, yes. quite, I'm into this top five. Yeah, do you want I'm going to say it's the best. Number one. It's shot to number what? one. The best weekend of the year what? in Melbourne. Yep. Over the grand final. Yeah, I think I am going TP over the grand final. You oh my God. are drunk <laughs> on the environment here. There is well, no way well, it beats the grand final. Okay, let's play this game. Do you want to do it now or we save it for later? Oh, we'll save it for later. Save actually. We'll save it for later. Top five weekends in Melbourne. Let's let we'll get to that later. Are oh. you are you all all three of you going grand final over GP weekend? Not necessarily. Well let's save oh. it. I'm, uh, I'm grand final length of the straight, I can tell you <laughs> that right yeah. now. There's yeah. a couple of horse races there which are pretty fun. <laughs> Hey, we've got a massive show coming up. Yes. Rusty, we speak to Rusty every week, and it's always over the phone. We never get to look into his eyes. But and he, really was the, he was the hardest man in Australia to get to come yes. in today. We got uh, him coming my in He was hard to get, oh, wasn't he? Can't wait to speak to Rusty. <laughs> Joey, Joey dropped the zinger on the WhatsApp group, which I did yeah. like. He said it's uh, we trying to get Max Verstappen. Oh, <laughs> you, would, you would think it was like trying to get the president of America in here. Hey, I just, side note, I just saw... One of them's in town. Yeah. <laughs> Obama's here. We had more chance of getting Barack than we did getting Rusty. Side note, I did just see Max Verstappen outside. He's so small, isn't he? Like, they're so slit. Kath, all of them are tiny. I know. know. That's what I mean. They are tiny. They don't realise until you see them up close. In a stiff breeze, they would disappear, this lot. Okay, I'm just going to get back to plugging (laughs) the show. Um, Cam Waters, he's going to join us. And Robert Harvey, because the Saints' 150th Mm. celebrations. Can't wait to chat to you about that too, Joey, tonight at the MCG. But, hey, if you're a Collingwood fan, we need to talk about the footy last night. 3-0 under Craig McRae following a win over the Richmond Football Club. The Tigers take on the pie. Hands it off to Pendlebury. Looking for and finding by a check. That's a good night. Pendlebury casually to Josh Dagos and they finally get one straight. Pendlebury, oh look at the class. Oh. Weaved his way through. How brilliant was that? To go, he's got McStay. Does kick the goal. Does finish the game. 85,000 at the MCG. It's the Collingwood Footy Club who prevail.
Yes, it was. Collingwood by 14 points. Jordan DeGoey was enormous, 35 disposals. No surprise there. Nick Dacos, 33 touches as well. Tom Mitchell and Jamie Elliott, uh, the only multiple goal kicker for Collingwood with two goals. This uh, Collingwood team, it wasn't as pretty as we've seen it in the opening two rounds. A bit of wet weather was the cause of that in the first half, Joey, but uh, they found a way to win again. Yeah, they did. They were the better team. They dominated big parts of that game. Richmond had a little patch in that third quarter where they challenged Collingwood like a good team does, but now the Pies got it done again. Pretty convincing. They uh, they missed a lot of shots early. A lot of snaps. They had about six or seven snaps yeah. that hit the post or just missed. And they probably could have put Richmond to the sword a little bit earlier. But uh, it was a scrappy contest. And in the end, Collingwood were far too good. The system stood up. The midfielders were all dominant. And uh, Craig McRae sitting pretty. Should have won by 40 points, I thought, uh, Joey. I know they had some um, missed shots early. But the big news really to come out of this, Kath, and I know Collingwood has gone 3-0 and zero and look like the team to beat, but, geez, they got a massive headache in the ruck, haven't mm. they? Because Darcy Cameron goes down with a grade 2 MCL sprain. That's six to eight weeks. But when you look mm. at their, their other VFL, uh, their other ruck stocks, excuse me, Brady Grundy's being traded, of course. Aiden Begg's out with the back. Mason Cox has got the bruised rib or the hematoma issue, uh, Joey. So they're left with a 19-year-old second-year player, um, Oscar Steen from West Adelaide, who played Sandful Reserves last year. So as Craig McRae says, we're going to have to get creative. Is that Dan McStay? Do you think? Is it Billy Frampton? Who, who rucks for Collingwood over the next two months, Joey? It's going to be interesting to see how creative Craig McRae wants to get. We know what he's done with the game plan. Could he throw Darcy Moore? into the ruck and almost do what his father Peter did and win a Brownlow medal as a roaming ruckman (laughs) to it. I think he is. You've got to get Pendlebury out of the... Oh, you must have had a heart attack (laughs) when you saw your boy Pendles in the ruck at one stage. What what can't he do? Did you see the goal he kicked last night? Like, how many games he played, Lamo? 350, they're still falling for the game. (laughs) (laughs) There's 20 years, people. Is Noah Bolter jumped up. And he he liked his goal too, didn't he? He Pendles was was a super goal, but he was awesome again. As I said, Collingwood, they got the job done. They were impressed. It's interesting to see where Richmond are at. They were missing six of their best sort of 22 um, from that game last night, but Collingwood is certainly the better team. Are you still almost uh, more confused after the first couple of games of this round as to where teams are at? I mean, we think, okay, Brisbane, for example, like they've come good. That was just a round one, now rusty or whatever. But now it feels as though after Thursday and Friday night footy, even more questions have been raised as to where teams are at. Yeah, it is. There are a lot of question marks with a lot of teams, and Collingwood's probably one that isn't the question mark at the moment. We know that they are a genuine contender. They are right now the best team in the competition. So they are the one. But yeah, right, there are some other teams we're still not sure. And with Scott Pendlebury going into the ruck, they'll, they'll just go to another level. He's been given so many goals away. He's kicking his own, doing the ruck. He's doing everything. He's going to play for another three more years. I, I looked into my crystal ball last night and you know what I saw? A Collingwood-Carlton grand final this oh, year. Yeah. Wouldn't you love that? <laughs> that would be amazing. I would love a no, Collingwood-Carlton lo- grand, yeah. Collingwood grand final. <laughs> Just quickly, you, Jordan Ngoi, your boy, you yes. touched on him pre-season yeah. as a Brownlow medal smoky. He would have got another three Brownlow votes last night. He was fighting for Nick Dacos in round one yeah. for best on ground honours. He's had a good start of the year. Start of the season, $67 for the Brownlow, Joey. I think he's come in nice and tight after that. Gamble he's, responsibly, Yes, everyone. he's playing <laughs> full-time midfield. We've seen him as a forward under Nathan Buckley. He's a full-time midfield. Field. Can I just ask one question, right? Richmond, you asked Kath before, are, you, are they coming or going? They've got seven 30-year-olds in this team. And the next three weeks are massive. Western Bulldogs, it's the hardest part of their fixture. Western Bulldogs, Sydney, and then Melbourne on Anzac Day Eve, Joey. Mm. These yeah, three wow. next three mm. weeks, Flamo, are going to determine it's going to be the set of crossroads for Damien Hardwick's men. Sorry to distract here, yes. uh, but I just want to have a headline for you. Go on. You said seven 30-year-olds? Yes. 
I want that headline of the article to be the 7.30 report, okay? Can you just make that happen <laughs> in like the Herald it. Sun, all right? That's not bad. Good. I like hey, I've good. got one more s- serious question about Collingwood. Joey, are you at all... This is a really negative view on things, but are you at all concerned from a Collingwood point of view? They're playing so well right now that they might get found out throughout the year and when it counts in September... It's a bit oh, of a different story. Oh, gee, you're, gonna, you're putting a little... I you're know. bursting the bubble in. I am bursting. You know what? I'm going to retract and I'm, that and question. I'm that get, was a poor question. And I will get in trouble me. for this, but history says the team that's on top of the ladder at about round 10 or 11... I think nine out of the last ten times haven't won the grand final. Oh. Because generally the team that's on top early in the year, there's always another team that comes at the back end of the year. That's the only only thing I will say. I'm not knocking Collingwood at all, but history does say the team at the top midway oh. through the year. And back to your Richmond question, I think they're hovering. I think Richmond is still a top eight caliber team, but maybe there are three or four, maybe five teams that are more threatening for a premiership. But if they get their best personnel out there, they need their best team. They can still challenge the top teams, but just slightly mm. off at the moment. Kath negative spin Lofman. I, I tell you what, <laughs> Collingwood fans are driving off the I road know. right now. Let us have our moment. Yeah, yeah. Collingwood fans, I apologise. I take that back. That was a stupid <laughs> question. You're flying at the Enjoy, moment yeah. and you're going to fly for the yeah. rest of the year. Now, so. what, what, did, what did you just call her then, Lima? Kath what? Lof. Can we can we have an official clarity on your last name? Lof-num. Because it keeps people up. I'm going to go with Lochnan. Is that yeah. right? I put this on, my, hang on. my socials. It's Lochnan, like just CK. Hang on, Lock-num. but why are people saying, why am I hearing Lof? Why, who's I saying, why are you saying Lof? G-H-H. Why am I saying Lof? <laughs> this is this I'm is going boring. with Lofo. It's Lofo. Good on you. <laughs> Thanks, Limo. Uh, still plenty coming up. Up next, we've got Rusty yes. joining us. He only joins us once a year, and it's here at Albert Park and today. Is the day. So we haven't seen him in 12 months. It'll be great to see him. Rusty's going to give us all the latest from around the track, thanks to Bendix Breaks. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey J, Cap and Limo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey J, Cap, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Breaks. Put your foot down with confidence. Gents, we have Rusty yeah. in the flesh. Rusty. He's with us. How good to be here with you guys. Good morning. Just come from the Melbourne Walk where drivers have been coming in. Charles Leclerc, Nick DeVries, you name it. Danny Rick, mega. This is this is huge. You know what? You, you're looking like a kid on Christmas morning. You're uh, up and about. You're <laughs> huffing and puffing. I mean, this is this is just your playground, isn't I, it? I've run here to be with you guys because I wouldn't want to miss that. Um, Oscar Piastri arriving as we all talk. Um, this is like Christmas for me. It's one of the very special events I get to do every year. Melbourne, without uh, overselling it, has just hit it out of the park this year. You probably already said it this morning, 123,000 people yesterday. Yeah, Limo, huge. it's going to be mega today. It is indeed. I was lucky enough to do a gig with Rusty here last night yeah. for the really? VACC. Yeah. Yes. We were together. He stole the show. He was very funny. Double cashy. <laughs> Rusty was a man in his element. Now, Rusty, we've been talking this morning about the size of F1 drivers. Yep. Daniel Ricciardo is a giant amongst them, isn't he, really? But they used to say to Mark Webber, give me grams when it came to training. They wanted to shave as much uh, within reason off them as they possibly could. Now, the rules are a bit different wow. now. So it does make it a bit easier on the drivers, mm. but they're they're kind of they're not jockey size like the MotoGP riders, but they are on the smaller kind of weight side. But um, it, it doesn't impact them from a performance point of view. They're proper athletes. Well, Kath said that she saw Max Verstappen this mm. morning, and she went, "Oh, he's very small." <laughs> but, he's, and, but maybe that's. Hang on, I didn't say ill. Well, it was, it was something that almost <laughs> felt that way. You, 
Dear you, luck. Luck. <laughs> you loved Poor that Jared mullet when he turned up with a mullet yesterday, didn't you? <laughs> is anyone going to is anyone gonna get close it, to it's, the it, It's his to lose. Yeah. It, I, I genuinely believe that. I mean, in one of the practice sessions yesterday, to be half a second ahead, to roll it out like that um, straight away, uh, it just underscores what we've seen in the first two rounds. Good car. He likes Shane Van Gisberg and is driving at, a, at just an unbelievable level. They're actually good mates. They talk uh, when they do a bit of simulator, simulator racing together, and they're both in a similar kind of career phase. I reckon they're both in, um, you know, in, in that sort of kind of purple Sweet patch spot, form. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Rusty, uh, all eyes on Oscar Piastri today. I think yes. he's a Brighton boy, isn't he? In Melbourne, Correct. we're all supporting Correct. him. Of course, Danny Ricardo now Oscar Piastri. So everyone who had a McLaren hat's perfect. You don't have to buy a new hat, <laughs> so we so can support the Aussie. But he's driving a tractor, isn't he? What, what is wrong? <laughs> What is wrong with this McLaren car? Okay, so um, you have to kind of rewind the clock a ways. There's a lot of things that are already in the pipeline and you can't just immediately fix those. They are trying to. Big changes in personnel in the technical sense behind the scenes. They have spent a huge chunk of money on a brand new wind tunnel, which helps with the aerodynamic design. Mm. Providing that's calibrated right, we might see a bit of gains later in the year. Now, I've literally, just before you guys, maybe in the last 15 minutes before we started talking here, I'm from talking to Zach Brown. He reckons, looking at the numbers yesterday, they are close to maybe getting in Q3, but it is, but it is that's the final part of yep. qualifying, the top 10. Yep. But he said it's enormously close, so a 10th could kill you either way kind of thing. So in better. Terms of getting it. It's better, he believes, than the Middle East. And statistically, their form at some of those Middle East circuits isn't always great at the start of the year, so we do need to kind of keep that in the back of our minds. How much pressure goes on the team principals when, when things aren't going right with the Huge. cars? Because it's, it's who did they go? They fired someone the other week. I they've, think ma- they've made big technical changes there in terms of the personnel behind the scenes. Some very experienced people yeah. have gone, but there's some other good ones that have come in. That's that's a difficult thing, Kath. I mean, you guys know sport so well and, and how, you know, a, a cohesive AFL team, a cohesive cricket team, how important that is. So changes so early in a season like that, that's that's not ideal. In a commercial sense, in a sporting sense, yes, it rests ultimately yeah. with the team principal. They've got to make some some good calls here. So how much pressure is Zach Brown on under right now? Uh, pr- probably... Plenty. He, he, yeah, but but he's got a, he's got a great commercial mind on on his shoulders, and it is a little bit of a long game at times. So we're talking now. That's our business in media to talk now. The contest. He's also got to think further down the road about putting things in place so it comes right. The, the one thing I would say to to counter this discussion: some fans are going, are they biting off more than they can chew? Because they're in IndyCar. He's got an involvement. He was down watching supercars a minute ago, where he's got a partial involvement with Walkinshaw and Andretti United, and so on. Um, this is a famous team with a lot of history. Um, um, but they, there is some building blocks in place, including Oscar, I might add, highly rated, that are good for the future. Uh, I read in the paper this morning that Daniel Ricciardo says he is good to go at a moment's <laughs> notice, notice this weekend. <laughs> Rusty, what do we have to do to get him in a car this weekend? Limo, you'll be making like little cups of tea with something for Max or for, <laughs> yes. you know, for, for, yes. for Checo, will you? And, uh, yeah, yeah, one of these. Um, uh, it would only be if something like that that uh, that happens. Um, I I would love to see him back in a car. Alan Jones, the 1980 world champion, I think reflected somewhere in the last week that he thinks it will be very difficult for him to get back into Formula One ever again. I still think he's got an immense amount to offer if the circumstances and the car are right, and I hope that does happen, Lima. I really do. Massive weekend. We know a lot, a lot of people are coming through the doors. You would know this, if anything. Who is going to be the biggest name that might be at the Grand Prix this weekend? Are there in any a, whispers of some big in names? A, in that a, are going a to be celebrity, celebrity sense, sense you mean? Yeah. Uh, I actually, I haven't had the whisper on that just okay. yet. Um, I 
I have a funny story very quickly. Yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger was on the grid here a few years ago, yep. and it's, I got to interview him, and uh, I've done the same with Nicolas Cage. So Nicolas Cage had this massive Stetson on, and I said, are you, are you a... Uh, are you a Formula One fan? Oh yes, I like it very much, very much. <laughs> and and, and, uh, and Arnie, Arnie said, I said to him, "What was that like when you're on the grid?" Oh, the power was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty, 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 I didn't know you had these impersonations in you. <laughs> oh, See, this is this is why we love seeing you in the flesh. Oh, we, we don't need the twelfth man. We've got Rusty yes. right here. Rusty, very quickly before we go, who's the biggest threat to Red Bull today? Who do you think rounds out the podium? Uh, you know what? Fernando Alonso and Aston Martin have some very good ingredients. We saw him chalk up his 100th podium in Formula One. Only six drivers have done that in the past at the last round of the, of the championship. Um, they're probably in the game to challenge them as much as Ferrari are. We've, we've talked about uh, uh, Max's kind of little advantage in the pocket there. Uh, I think that would be an immense story, right? A bloke in his, uh, you know, in his 40s, the older generation, he drives with the intensity, the tenacity, the commitment of the of the youngsters half his age. Yeah. That would be a mega step. Fernando, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Hey, we really appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, Rusty. And we'll you see not? you this time next year. Look and Rusty, we need one more. Arnie, will you be back? Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah, good, good, good. good. <laughs> see you, Thank you very much. See you, mate. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Do you ever feel a little bit uncomfortable when they go so hard with the whole dead set legend thing? Like, we're dead set legends. No, not really. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was... I, I think I t- <laughs> you, you've got this swanky outfit on. You're calling yourself a dead set legend. Theater, the theater. Jay-Z's very comfortable. Very comfortable. It's a bit of fun, Gav. Okay, enough about us. More about the footy. Uh, really important win for the Western Bulldogs on Thursday night. Some people were saying season on the line, which yep. I thought was a little dramatic for round three, but I get the point. It is very hard to come back from zero and three, but that doesn't matter anymore yep. because they got the win, an important win over the Brisbane Lions. And one of the great storylines, I mean, you couldn't have scripted this after the week that Jamara Hagen yep. went through Jay-Z and he yep. kicks the first and last goal of the game. It's unbelievable, wasn't it? I was there for the Adam Goods game um, when he did the sort of the war dance celebration, but you go back to Nicky Winmar in 1993 where he did that famous stand, of course, um, and, and pointed to his skin. And then Jamara Hagen, after being racially abused last weekend, needed some time away from the club. So he did say it really rattled him. And then to, as a as a 20 year old to make that stand, it's one of the most powerful things I've seen in footy, guys. I absolutely loved it. Let's take a listen to what happened on Thursday night. It was no ordinary night at Marvel Stadium. It's been an emotional week. I'm disgusted we still have to talk about it, but he is a young man that has handled himself beautifully, Jamara Eugle Good long penetrating ball to Eugle Hagen. Hagen deep in the pocket, will snap it around the corner on the right boot. That's magnificent. Bending back, and that is a goal. I did want to make a stance. I wanted to show my presence. Eugle Hagen runs to the middle of the ground, snaps it back, looks deep. He made a statement with that gesture, but also he made a significant statement with his performance. Torre's got it, Jamara Eugle Hagen. Well, you can't write a script any better than this. A reminder of the influence that Indigenous Australians have had on our coach. A young, proud Indigenous man, an outstanding young leader of the game, Jamari Uwagen on the sirens, got five goals! Obviously what happened on the last weekend was a pretty hard time, so just going out there and just proving a point that like, which I'm just a boy trying to play some football, same as the other Indigenous boys, I think just being strong and shit. 
Winmar turned the tide against racism 30 years ago and just wonder where this could this, whether this could be as significant for the younger generation, guys. Well, almost 30 years to the day, isn't it, that uh, the Nicky Winmar had to do that? And it will be. It'll be an iconic photo, this, this one now. And it's a shame that he's had to do it still 30 years later. But there are, that's the reality. We've come a long way, particularly as an AFL industry, but still got a long way to go. And hopefully for the the younger generation that weren't around when Nicky mm. Winmar did that, or I don't remember it, I haven't seen it, that Jamara is now, you know, that figure that's, uh, that can hopefully continue to educate everybody on this important issue. He will be a great leader, but I love that line from him. I'm just a boy trying to play some yeah. footy. Yeah. It's, a be- it's a beautiful line. Didn't you? And him. watching him say those words on TV, you just wanted to go and give him a hug, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. But, um, yeah, such a powerful moment and good on him, Jamara. He enjoyed... Um, del- can I speak this You're morning? Right, he deserved uh, every bit of success the other night. Um, the other story that I really am getting into today is North Melbourne v Hawthorne. I know you're into this story too, uh, Lemo, you passionate Hawks man. But uh, they're calling it the grudge match. Yes. Grudge match. Uh, Sam Mitchell v uh, Alistair Clarkson. Yep. What uh, inside mail do you have on this? Are we beefing it up too much, no, Jay-Z, no. or is there legitimate... I don't, I Anticipation. Don't, I don't think either. Sorry, Kath. They're swapping Christmas cards with each other. It, it, it was awkward. It felt. It didn't end on great terms at, at Hawthorne. And um, basically, the Hawks thought Clark Olimo was past his use-by date as a coach. That he wasn't still having the impact, and that they wanted Sam Mitchell to take him into the um, the next generation. And if you ask anyone at Hawthorne now, they're really happy with the decision they made. It was a huge call. The Hawks love Mitch and the direction they're going. And you know what Clarko's thinking about? You know, he's rubbing his hands together. Oh, I'd love to get this one over oh, Mitch today. Clarko's very excited about this. The, the club didn't handle Clarko's exit very well. What they did they, they do they, wrong? They handled it poorly. What they, they did, they, well, they didn't get it right. The, he should have left in a in a blaze of glory celebrated manner he should have been he should have left in a celebrated manner it was very awkward and it wasn't right how it was handled at the end do you think they should have just been more cutthroat at the time and been like we appreciate everything Alistair Clarkson's done obviously going to be a legendary coach forever but we're deciding to go in a new direction now with Sam Mitchell the whole handover process never seems to work the, the Kirribilli agreement at the handover, that press conference, that was a disgraceful press conference for a legend of that football club where they were handing over mm. Kennedy in the middle, Mitchell and Clarkson on either side. It was a terrible Never way. Never be more awkward of a press no. It was a terrible <laughs> way for Alistair Clarkson yeah. to leave that football club. Buckley Malthouse wasn't great yeah, either. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty yeah. tough. But these guys have got, right, huge egos. Like, let's be honest, you know, yeah. like Alistair Clarkson, he knows, you know, what how significant he has been in the game. So he, he still... Just like Michael Malthouse, he still thought he's got a lot to offer. And you look at the magic dusty sprinkling in North Melbourne, and you think yeah. he's still going okay. But do you think that's why clubs do these handovers to to kind of soften the exit of yeah. a legendary figure, when really probably the best, most respectful way to do it is to cut ties and then properly farewell him with all the functions and the farewell I games think, and I all that. I think we've learned. You're right. The, the club try and sort of yeah make a, a sort of respectful way to, to you know ease out these legendary coaches, but it probably is better mm. just to move on. So Alistair Clarkson's still a great coach, but maybe, you know, the, the, as you mentioned earlier, his, his message or his voice had run, you know, sort of run its race at Hawthorne. doesn't mean he couldn't yep. coach. Yep. It just means, like anything, sometimes you need, you need a fresh fresh start, fresh voice. Will, Clark, will uh, Clarko be on the sidelines today 
like he was last week, getting into the game with holding the ball, which I love, by the way. Got a theory on Which I'm a big fan of. What's your theory? He'll be in the coach's box. If they're winning at three-quarter time, he will come down in the fourth quarter. Okay. There'll be be some real sort of uh, maybe some extravagant Uh, if they're winning in the fourth quarter. Okay. Will there be any uh, handshakes after the game? Do you think they'll they'll try and cross paths and do do something stage managed for the cameras? No. No. You don't think so? Well, the coaches very rarely go and shake each other's hands. So they're not going to put on a show for him going, shake hands. Oh, Coaches they, don't do that anyway. They True. might do one for the cameras, though. You I think? know. That's what no, I'm just that thinking. Won't. They're smart yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah. The smart guys. The, the, the PR Kiko, thing to do. Kiko's so people speaks to Sam's baby. Yeah. Let's just do yeah. it. Lemo, we've been talking about headlines and big ones. Um, sh- can we get to the one that our oh, mate here, Joey? Joey Montagna, seriously. What have I done? What? What have I done? Reverberated no. around the industry. What? He said it is going to be a 10-year rebuild for the oh, Hawthorne yeah. Football Club. 10 to 12 years, he said. He said it's going to be a 15 to 20-year rebuild for the Hawthorne Football Club. 2097. I Here's Joey predicting what's going to happen in 10 years' time. In the It is not a 3, 5, 6, Seven-year rebuild. It is closer to ten. So you, you, you've also assessed Sam Mitchell as I have, Joey. Mm. Will he be there whenever this turns? I'm more convinced now that he won't be there the next time they play final. Oh, oh, oh. well, I did do some homework. We, on that, <laughs> Come on, what, what do you think? Because what I was trying to make a point was, if people always, whenever teams start a rebuild, always use the like three to five-year period. Yep. And I went back and did some some history. No one has ever that's cut t- ties and cut right deep has ever rebuilt in three to five yeah. years, particularly. Only teams that have, and you've got to remember that's changed now because in the old days there was priority picks. So all these teams, everyone referred to Hawthorne in 05 and Mel, they all got priority picks. So they got Roughhead and Franklin and Xavier Ellis and these guys that were all priority picks. We don't have that luxury anymore. Free agency, I believe, is going to make it harder for teams to rebuild because the top teams are staying up the top for longer. Mm. I was just making a point that let's not think and believe it's going to be a three to five year rebuild. It'll be closer to five to ten. We'll be before the Hawks are a, a, a genuine contender to win another flag. Three to five, max, yeah. I say. If we've got a flag <laughs> in the next five years, <laughs> oh my God. I will be shocked. Lemo, but Joey did play. Did have an amazing career at St Kilda, 67-year rebuild. Oh, so oh, he's sort of coming oh, from, the, oh, from that. Oh, our, our rebuild's still going. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was all, all I was, was saying. It is longer than people give credit for, particularly without priority picks, was my point. And, you know, maybe the Sydney Swans, you could say, have rebuilt pretty quick. they got five Academy kids Academy. in their team that, you know, yeah, has helped yeah. them rebuild pretty quick. You the, know when you hear something during the week and you're like, hold That'll be good content for Dead Set Legends. You would have heard these comments from Joey Lemo and gone, right. right yeah, that's it. <laughs> the other one this week was Kane Corn saying Hawthorne are tanking. I mean, get off the gear, Kane Corn. <laughs> seriously. Tanking. How many times as after two rounds has someone said the team at the bottom is tanking? Never. <laughs> but this year, Kane Corn, oh, no, they're tanking out there at Hawthorne. Oh, that is a ridiculous comment, Kane Corns. <laughs> but we're talking about him. God, I hate it. Oh, the system works. <laughs> Kane Corn wins. <laughs> hey, guys, we've got a lot of, um, we love a top five on yes. Set Legends. And mm-hmm. I think we're maybe getting a bit too carried away with the top fives. Everything's <laughs> yes. got to be a top five. Yeah. But um, we've got the top five St Kilda moments coming up in the second hour, yes. I think, because to celebrate 150 years of St Kilda, of course. And then the other top five, which yeah. um, came a bit out of the blue Impromptu. this morning, yep. was the top five weekends in Melbourne. Yeah, I better start thinking oh. about that. Yes. yes. <laughs> Um, is it AFL Grand Final weekend? Moomba. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm gonna, and I'm also gonna name what is the most overrated weekend in Victoria of the year. That's Moomba. Moomba. <laughs>
<laughs> and it doesn't involve water skiing. There's another one that beats it. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. Tell you what, such a good vibe here, isn't yes. it? I mean, we're so lucky to be here at Albert Park. It is a good buzz. Have any of you guys been lucky enough to do a hot lap over the years? No. Oh, yep, I've done a hot lap. Not here. I did it at Sandown. It's at Sandown. Yep. I uh, got a call many years ago, it was back in 2014, from the project where I was working at the time. Yes. And they said, hey, Limo, do you want to do a story for us with David Coulthard where you get in the Minardi two-seater yep. and he takes you for a hot lap around the track? And I'm like, absolutely, yeah. I am in. And they said, oh, just one quick thing. Uh, you have to be 90 kilos or under mm. to get in the two-seat. I said, yeah, no worries, I'm all good. <laughs> I went and weighed myself. I was 100 kilos, right? Oh. True story. And I had 10 days. And I said, I'm going to oh make God. weight. Right? Yeah. So I had 10 days to lose 10 kilos. I, I like rang, how you're I'm, sounding like a boxer now. Yeah, I'm going to make weight. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I rang, I rang Shannon Ponton, right, from The Biggest Loser. I said, yeah. Shannon, yeah. you've got to get me. I've got to lose 10 kilos in 10 days. He said, we'll do it, right? And he set me a diet, which was basically water, celery, and prayers, right? (laughs) And an exercise routine. Anyway, I hardly ate a thing. I exercised. I sauntered the lot. The last 24 hours, I didn't eat and didn't drink for 24 hours. No. I made weight. I weighed myself in the morning at breakfast radio. I was 90 kilos. I lost 10 kilos in 10 days. Wow. It was a long 10 days. (laughs) I came down here to the track. I was a ghost. Mm. I could barely walk. I had no strength left. <laughs> I met my cameraman. Yes. I met David Coulthard. I put the suit on. I got in the car. They didn't weigh me. Oh. <laughs> you I could have just stayed 100 kilos. <laughs> and just said you were 90. Yeah. <laughs> I got in the car and then Coulthard took me for three laps. It was unbelievable, by yeah. the way. Yeah. How fast? We, I'll tell you this, Kat, the middle lap, we did three laps. The middle lap ride would have put us that year seventh on the grid. No way. Now, that qualifying on the Saturday was in the rain, yeah. but still, wow. it was a quick it was a wow. quick three laps. Yep. But the deceleration, every time he decelerated going into a turn, I smashed my head on mm. the headrest in front of me. Yep. The, and every time I did it, I went, right, oh, I'm not going to do that again. Next turn, bang. <laughs> okay, better not do it. Bang. All right, I'm not going to do that. Bang. 48 times I hit my head on the headrest. Was it scary, the speed? Uh, it was exhilarating. Yeah. Yeah. But the deceleration is wild. Yeah. That's so fast. And there's, there's a lot of trust, isn't there, in your driver when you're sitting there. And, and you're also, yeah. that wall's right there. Mm. He hasn't slowed down yet. You're meant to be six foot as well, and I'm six foot one. My legs, his elbows were hitting my legs on every turn because your legs are kind of wrapped around him. From behind. Ah. Anyway, we finished. It was amazing. I went straight to Mario's in Fitzroy. Had two bowls of pasta. (laughs) Inhaled a packet of Alan's party mix and felt sick for the rest of the day. (laughs) No man more desperate to see a set of scales than you. So I just got to do this way in first, which they didn't. Did you burn your foot, Joey, when you had a hot lap? No, that wasn't me, no. Who was the driver? Uh, The driver, yeah. So they they burned their feet. Their pedal was so hot. Is that right? From the brakes and all that. It's weird. Yeah, I remember that when I was scooting on my razor blade scooter back in the day. You Mm. go really fast. You put your foot on the pedal and you get a little bit of burn on your Wait, foot. You know, <laughs> no one else can relate to that. <laughs> you know, one of my favourite, the celebrity race, which they've had for years, yep. in 1986 in Adelaide, the celebrity race, Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits, mm. lead singer of Dire Straits, was on pole position, drove his V8 into the wall and broke his collarbone oh. during the celebrity race. Oh. Now, if you're a guitarist, I don't think a broken collarbone is a good way to, mm, no. No. Is a good way to go. But not, it's not ideal. Guys, time to talk to one of the drivers. We haven't done so yet this morning. Uh, and Tickford Racing's Cam Waters has been good enough to join us. Cam, thanks so much. Moved up the order in qualify. How have you found the morning so far? 
Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. I haven't had the best morning. Uh, quality didn't really go to plan. Um, just kind of got caught out with the wet conditions, with, um, you know, red flags and all that stuff. So I um, got a little bit of work to do, um, you know, tonight for tonight's race and tomorrow's race. Uh, how do you like the wet weather? Did, did some drivers enjoy it? Do they feel like they actually get an advantage over everyone else in the wet weather, or do you prefer it bone dry? Um, I don't mind the wet conditions, but, um, yeah, it's a lot easier when your car's um, working well. Um, it wasn't really wet. It was kind of damp, and um, the tyres today just got too hot and actually blistered. So that's a bit of a concern if it um, is damp later for the races. But, yeah, usually I go pretty good in the wet. Just um, today just kind of got caught off guard with the conditions and, and the car set up. But um, that's all right. We'll make the most of it tonight. Where does this weekend sit in the calendar for the supercars? Is it sort of one of the, the better weekends of the year for the V8 drivers? Um, yeah, look, we love coming here for the you know, F1, um, being part of their car. It was very, very cool. Um, the atmosphere here at the Grand Prix is amazing. You know, there's so many people here. It's, it's really, really cool. So, um, yeah, right up there for us. It blows me away, Cam, what you guys do driving at such high speeds, so close to the wall. I'm petrified, to be honest, at times. And for some for some perspective, is it right, Cam, that you were uh, you drove Mount Panorama or Bathurst at the age of 17? Is it? Is, am I have I got that right? Yeah, um, 17. I when I was 17, I won a reality TV show and um, happened to be able to go race at Bathurst, which was pretty cool. I didn't even have my P place at the time, so um, <laughs> yeah. it was crazy. They got this. This young kid from Mordura and they put him in a supercar and uh, had a crack for the weekend. It was very, very cool. It's quite impressive, Cam, because I was scared of car parks at about the same age, to be fair. So how you did that, I really uh, take my hat off. Yeah, look, there's, and... there's probably less cars around on the racetrack than in car parks. Like, <laughs> they can be pretty scary. <laughs> and uh, and now, Cam, we know Grant Denyer from the television. A lot of people will have formed an opinion on him from the TV, but you've driven with him. He is legitimately a proper racing car driver, isn't he? Yeah, I did my first Pathos with Grant. Um, he's a really good race car driver and a really good guy. So he helped me so much for that first Pathos. He's obviously been racing a long time before you know I got there and, and started, so... He, um, he helped me quite a lot. He had a massive booster seat to, um, to reach the pedals, so um, that, was, that was quite funny. Um, I'm sure he's done that a few times now. That is deafening. Can you actually hear us? That is deafening in the background. Are they the Formula 3 uh, cars driving at the moment? Yep. It is incredibly loud here um, at Albert Park. When you're, in the, when you're driving, Cam, do you, um, can you hear the, the deafening noise as well, or you got the earplugs in? Do you get the same sort of you know, atmosphere inside the car? Uh, yeah, in the car, it's, it's quite loud, but we got, um, you know, ear molder plugs and we got the radio and that as well. So listen to our engineers. Um, so, yeah, it is quite loud, but not not too bad. But, um, yeah, it's all going on. And now, Cam, you're in the car. And Cam, we know Shane Van Gisbergen is just dominating at the moment. He's just that, that far ahead. Do the rest of the drivers ever sort of, when you know, time, sort of sit around together and conspire and think, what can we try and do to stop this bloke? Have you come up with any wicked ideas that people throw around? Because it's just amazing at the moment. He's on a good run. Uh, he's definitely not unbeatable, though. So we, um, we've had pace. We've just had kind of a bit of bad luck, you know, this weekend and, and um, for Newcastle. So I'm looking forward to getting this bad luck parked and, and start racing Shane and and get some points on it. I mean, it's been made about the contact with your teammate, James Courtney, yesterday. Has that all been cleared up and patched up? Yeah, I was um, 
got taken out by JC uh, yesterday. So um, he just made a little mistake. He was looking in his mirror and um, missed the missed brake pedal and, and I was his brake pedal in the end. So he apologised. Um, yeah, didn't mean it, but yeah, just a shame. We both kind of had four races because of it, but um, it is what it is. We'll race for today. Yes, all the best. We really appreciate your time. Uh, uh, good luck for the rest of the weekend. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Cam. Good on you, Cam. How loud has it gotten all of a sudden? Those Formula 3 cars, I cannot hear a thing when they drive past. Really struck me. Do you want to have a chat with him? I've got no idea. He said, yeah, yeah, that's right, Cam. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, if you will, it's like an old folks home here as we're all leading and trying to hear what's going on. You just hope that they didn't say anything morbid than I've gone, yeah, anyway, all the best. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, quick on Kath, the, the practice for the F1 starts at 12.30. So the, the F1 cars are due at the track at 12.30 and they're qualified qualifying at 4 o'clock, so these aren't even the F1 cars on the track that you can hear at the moment. Oh, bring it on. It's such a privilege to be here at Albert Park. We've still got plenty coming up in the second now. We've got about three different top fives coming your way. We're also <laughs> going to chat to Robert Harvey, the St Kilda legend, because it is the 150th anniversary match for St Kilda tonight again against Essendon at the MCG. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey J, Kath and Lebo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. We are live from Albert Park. Formula 3 cars going around at the moment and they are loud. They really we are, are struggling to hear each other. So <laughs> let's uh, see how this chat goes. We were talking about the top five weekends in Melbourne before. Yes. Gents. Yes. And this is you're going grand final weekend over Grand Prix weekend. Yes. I think the you get up Give me on, your top five. Oh, yeah, okay. Grand final. Um, Day, you know, is is like Christmas, isn't yep. it? I don't think Grand Final Day can be beaten. And I'm also a big fan, Joey, and I only like you like your races as well. Derby Day is yes. pretty hard to beat, yes. all right? That's a top weekend. Yeah. So, but Grand Final Day, Derby yeah. Day, you know, Derby <laughs> yeah. Day. Wait, 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 give me your top five. You come with us, have a great time. Um, now, number three, I'm going with the GP weekend. I think this is the third best hey, weekend. What, what, what? Hang on, you're putting Derby Day ahead of the Grand Prix. Wait, so you've gone yeah. Grand Final Ooh. Weekend 1, yes. yeah. Derby Day 2, yes. GP 3. Yes. This yeah. is like a weekend in yeah. Melbourne, yeah. Fourth and fifth. And then fourth, I think, um, the tennis, the middle weekend of the tennis. We used to call it Super Saturday. Yep. There was a little beer garden there. You'd run yeah. in and get your table at 10 o'clock in the morning to have a real good time. And then I would say... Good for me, JC. JC. Wild boy. Really bringing the party vibes to his top five. <laughs> and then... Um, now, I know it's not necessarily a weekend, but we need a sort of a non-sporting thing in this because we can't always be about sport in Melbourne. Is, but is the Comedy Fest, Lemo, is the Comedy Fest in the top five 100% times in Melbourne? Yes, because, absolutely. And I haven't just thrown this in because you're here and yes. you're the star of the comedy show. Comedy Festival is definitely there. 20 buck tickets. Uh, there, you, there you go. The Comedy Festival is something for everyone. Yes. Yeah. Just why I put it there. But the AFL Grand Final is Wait, number what, one. Wait, what yep. are you going number Oh, Grand Final. Uh, grand Final. Yeah. By, Joey? By an absolute well, look, mile. What do you think? Derby Day, not in my top five. Good top five, Jay-Z. Maybe the one you could add would be, I think now Easter weekend with Good Friday football means Easter Mm. weekend is a good weekend. Good Friday, chocolate. Mm. Hot cross buns. Sunday, Easter Sunday. Then we still get Easter Easter Monday, get the footy on. So maybe you can add that. What's your number one, though? Uh, Probably, well, grand final weekend. Hang on, you, you had a much better suggestion earlier. 
for which one? <laughs> the weekends. Moomba. The most Moomba. 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 Oh, yes. Of course. Right. I love Moomba. Right. I can't even next, say it right. Next question quickly. Most overrated weekend in Melbourne. Moomba for you. <laughs> Lima, you got one. Yeah. One that you just oh, despise. Uh, I'm I, I t- can I tell you mine? Yes. This is the most overrated event of Victoria. Yeah. The Warnable Racing Carnival. You know, oh, where every oh, 50... School is for dads. Every 50-year-old male goes, oh, yes, I get another footy trip. I can really wind back the clock here. You go down to Warnable, freeze your butt off. <laughs> Tackling and, the big issues yeah. here on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. <laughs> That was Lemo dropping his mic, everyone. Welcome back. To- <laughs> Normally you'd do a mic drop at the end of your break. Yeah. Oh, I like to do a <laughs> mic drop start. at the start. <laughs> hey, it is awesome being here at Albert Park. And it's really the festivities. They kick off early in the yes. week. I got invited to glamour on the grit. Oh, you oh. must have been tempted by that, Cass. You no, well, I thought, no, you've got to be in the Formula One world to go. Like, I don't really know much about it. I've got Drive to Survive and I love it. But yes. it's not really my scene. But then I saw in the papers and next day, like every Tom, Dick, and Harry went to Glamour on the Grid. Yes. Might as well just gone. You don't need. You don't even need to know what a car is to go to Glamour <laughs> on the Grid. That thing is open slather. Yes. I heard. You. I heard there were so many wags that dragged their football partners mm. along to the function and said, "We yes. need to go to this yes. one." It's an Instagram photo for the ages. Oh, we yes, have to go it? to yes. Glamour on the Grid. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's the the high kind high of end. high end yeah. cars, money, yeah. champagne yes. kind of look, so, isn't it? Yes. And if you haven't yeah. you haven't put it on Instagram, you haven't been. That's I think it. that rules exactly right. I want to know, was, did anyone go to Glamour on the Grid and not post? Yeah. <laughs> like, who, who, who are you and you're a legend? It's well a, done. It's a classic case of if a tree falls in the forest and yes. no one's there to hear it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we're here at Albert Park for the uh, Grand Prix qualifying and practice today. The big races tomorrow. You're um, a fan, aren't you? Oh, I love it. It's one of the absolute best days, of course. And, uh, you know, huge crowds here. Record 440,000, I think, people expected over the four days. You've had a good time at the well, GP I before. Well, I used to live in Albert Park for seven years so it used to do my head in because seven they used to get up they used to start really early to practice laps at 7 30 yes. in the morning they'd be making the noises and yes. all those things and you're hiring out I your told, house to I told the story no Daniel Ricardo nearly rented out my house one year yeah. I got asked if I was prepared to rent it out for him for a week wow and uh we were open to the idea but then he found a better house I think something okay. a bit, something a bit bigger than, <laughs> yeah. my, than my little my little humble one in Elmer Park he found a house where the people were prepared to move out <laughs> he can stay but we're not going anywhere yeah. but so I've only had the one big day here. I think Cosy and I about 15 years ago, we oh, yeah. came just a random, we must have played on a Saturday night and we woke up on a Sunday and thought, we want to venture down to the Grand Prix. Yeah. We thought, why not? So Cosy and I snuck down on a Sunday. I think we're in a 4X Gold marquee, which is not really 4X, 4X Gold. Gold. Not really 4X Gold drinkers, but, right. you know, we, we had a good day. Uh, we did that day. We had a good day. <laughs> yeah. It was ended up being a, one of our better days. You, t- you don't really associate 4X Gold with the, no. with the F1 no. Grand Prix, do you? So, but you're, you, are you coming tomorrow as well? Yes. You come it up today. Yes, so... Uh, By the way, Kath, we keep talking. How does Jane let you go to every single thing? I know. Oh yeah, like you're, like who looks after your wife? The, is the kids? amazing. Just Jane? No, like, she's yes, best wife in the world. <laughs> yeah. Supports my sporting pursuits. Really? My sporting pursuits. <laughs> <laughs> my wife. Well, yeah. oh, are you are you a hypnotist in your spare time? Yeah, must be. I must go to the Grand Prix. Oh yes, achieve my sporting <laughs> dreams. <laughs> 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 pull that off. You went to the races a few weeks ago. You I'm, know I'm starting to offend him too because I've no. said about five times this morning, gee, you look smart because yes. you got pants and a shirt on because you're always rolling around in like in thongs. jocks and, and a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, occasionally I do wear pants, Kat. Like people who 
meet you for the first time today are going to be like, wow, he's a really smart and well-dressed man. And what do you think Little do they know. Oh, very good. So... If you uh, if you didn't go to Glamour on the Glib, so what what temp, what floats your boat then, Kat? So, <laughs> you rattled me to be honest. So what 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 oh, is it? Was it Glamour on the Glib? <laughs> no, I'm actually um I'm I'm getting right into this GP. I've got a bit yep. of work with Heineken. I'm getting amongst it. We've yep. got some activations around around the track today, so that'll be good fun. But yeah, I yeah I, I politely decline the Glamour on the Glib. Limo, you worked last night. You did, came. Did you say you've got some Heineken activations? Are they? Yeah. Is that another? way to say bars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, you came last night, you beat hosting I And at the worst possible timing last night, I got the I got the quadrilla last night. What's what? that? I was driving to the track. It was 6.30pm. Mm-hmm. I was on Punt Road. Oh, no. Oh. Right? Oh. Richmond Collingwood at the G. <laughs> oh, yes. Grand Prix on. Yeah. Peak hour Friday night. Yeah. And it was raining. Oh. Oh. <laughs> there were a lot of people just sitting there. Oh, we almost got out and just opened up an esky and said, well, it's going to be half an hour. Let's just have a couple while we're waiting for this to clear. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> it was a shocker. The Dead Set Legends. Team, I think it's only appropriate that we revel in St Kilda's 150-year celebrations a little bit more, and who better to have on than St Kilda's games record holder, legend of the club, Robert Harvey. Robert, thanks so much for your time. Morning. How are we? Very well. We can barely hear you. We're at Albert Park, but this is going to be such a special night uh, for the club this evening. It is. It is um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a Pretty big build-up. Obviously, um, I'm, I'm involved as a coach, but so the players and the coaching staff, we've sort of had our heads down pretty much. But I know it's a big occasion, and um, I had a workout this morning with Stewie Lowe, an ex-teammate of mine, and I know there's a lot of uh, ex-players going tonight. Um, there's a lot of buzz around um, the occasion, and hopefully the players and, and, and the coaches can do it proud. Uh, Harves, what about you personally? You're a legend of the club, 380-odd games. What's your favourite St Kilda memory? Oh, dear, dear, dear. Um, yeah, I, li- I lived through some ups and downs, Limo. I, I, um, I reckon I, having been through some days at Moorabbin, some days at Waverley, and then the move to, um, to, to Mar- Eddie Had and, and Marvel, um, I've seen it all. I've pretty much seen it all. I've seen the lights go out. I've seen the siren go off and shouldn't. <laughs> yes. um, seen, seen it all. Um, but I, I just think, I don't know if I have one memory. I just think that um, St Kilda is um, really esteemed from a long from a long time. And I, I think it gets a, it can get a bad rap at times. It's only won one premiership. But there's been so many um, players, staff that have been there. Um, and just given such great effort, great people. Um, so it's a great occasion to just celebrate all those people. Uh, and I know that that's the feeling uh, of the ex-players and staff that are going tonight. So we, we, we're really excited. Um, and, yeah, obviously the players and coaches just want to do that do that um, honour tonight and do it proud. We're speaking to St Kilda legend Robert Harvey on the day of St Kilda's 150th year anniversary celebrations. Bang, he had one of the best hip shimmies or hip shakes in the game. You just weave around uh, everyone. But you also kicked to two of the greatest forwards the club and the game has seen in Tony Lockett and Nick Rewalt. Now, between the two, those two guys, they kicked about 1,600 goals in the red, white and black. How many of those do you reckon you contributed hitting them lace out on their nipples? Because every time you blokes are at a pub, I reckon it's their shout. Yeah, well, it actually throws Stewie Lowe into the mix too. Um, so it's was it to 2,000 goals in? Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, look, with, um, with those boys, 
obviously really different players. I mean, obviously played with um, Lockett um, when he was at his best. I reckon when he in the Moravian days, he'd often kick nine or ten in the first half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then ran out of gas a bit in the second. But in the end, um, he, he just had to get somewhere near Plugger and, and he'd do the rest. And, and obviously Rui just with, with his uh, courage and his work rate. Um, and then obviously Stuy Lowe. The big hands, you just, again, just you just do most of the work for you. So, um, you know, look, there's been some unbelievable players to play at that club, and um, I was privileged to play with a number, um, you know, through, through a long journey. But, yeah, some uh, unbelievable forwards that have graced the forward line. So they're the same. Out of all the remarkable things that Robert Harvey did and that we saw up close, the one most remarkable thing was that Robert yeah. Harvey would train in footy boots with no socks on. No, oh, I've never seen that. He used to no. try, their halves used to run around why? footy boots really? and no, no socks, which what? I think is remarkable, but that's another story. Just but no bang out. Why? Why? Yeah, you know, you don't like explain, socks? Or? Explain this for us. Yeah. So there's a bit of, there's a bit of mayo. The mayo goes on. I have to deal with Del Sano and Goddard. He did. Huh? They, never used to, he didn't wear socks. They talk rubbish about this. I, I used to wear they really low socks, Joey. You, you, you couldn't see them under the boots. Oh, like little no, ankle no, socks. No, he promised his toes. Rob's feet are horrible. They had toes and whatever. And he never wore socks. But, Harbs, you talk about those. You talk about the forward line that you had to kick to, Rewalt, Low, Lockett. You're now working with the St Kilda forward line. What about the star-studded forward line that kicked all the goals last week? Caminiti, Zane Cordy and Filippo. Not even you, as great as you are, could have thought they would have kicked 10 goals between them last week. But it must be refreshing to work with this young sort of group that are just hungry to learn. Oh, it is good. And the excitement, just the enthusiasm excitement of, of youth um, is just a, a breath of fresh air, really. For the whole team, not just for me coaching the forwards, but, um, you know, obviously we'd love to have our full complement out there, but, um, you know, circumstances are against us in that way a bit. So we just got to... Um, and the, the good thing about young guys is they, they're they so coachable and, and particularly around some of our defensive staff, and they've been really good. Um, and you see you see glimpses of what, what they can bring into the future. And, you know, a guy like Caminiti, who, you know, a month ago, not sure what he was doing, to be honest, and... Um, he's, he's now in the AFL system and he's exciting and um, the fans are looking forward to, to a future with him in it. So, um, yeah, I just think that, that that sort of, that buzz and that excitement those guys bring. And obviously, Philip, who is an early draft pick, but just his attitude, the way he goes about it, he's not phased in the, on the big stage and we're just loving what he brings. So, um, I'm really enjoying working with those boys and, and seeing their development and um, it's, only, it's only the beginning for them. Now, Robert Harvey, 150 years of the St Kilda Footy Club. Plenty of chat about who the best Saints on the ground have been. What about off the ground? It's a club with a bit of a party mm. reputation. That's a good question. In your humble opinion, yeah. who is the number one draft pick yeah. once you get Ooh. off the ground and you hit the club? Such a lever well, question, yeah. but I love it. Montana? Yeah. It's, it's controversial. It's a Cox Plate field. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, uh, the early days... Um, when I started back in the 80s, the disco was still going. Yeah. And uh, the king of the disco back then was Trevor Barker. Um, yes. And as a young fella coming through the system, I was only 16 when I started. So um, he was uh, he was a protege. Um, I was a prote- I was a young fella apprenticed to, to Barks in the early days to see some of his work. And um, yeah, it was. I, I, I think you know, there's a lot of talk around that stuff, but in the end, um, you know, he, he he was just a great mentor of mine. Um, as was Danny Frawley, and uh, they were just really, they were, they were such, obviously enjoyed themselves, but they worked, but even Barks worked so hard. He was unbelievable loyal to that club, and um, this is a chance to really 
even tonight, to honour those sort of people who, you know, I don't think like Trevor Barker of the world, as much as he was known for his off-field stuff, he was just, he loved that club so much. And, um, you know, I, I had a great relationship with his dad for a long time after he passed, Trevor Barks. And, um, yeah, I think tonight, as much as much about people like him and, and Spud and people that have been, been and gone, even that, that have given so much to the, to the red, white and black. Really well said, as have you. Uh, thanks so much for your time. Hopefully you get to enjoy all the pre-game ceremonies and functions and whatnot, but I know you've also got a game to win as well. But we really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks, Harz. Thanks, Harz. Thanks, what a legend. Yeah, so well said about Trevor Barker as well. Yeah, that, mm. that's, that's part of it. I mean, we talk about the, the, the celebration, the parties and all that, but the, well, there are some most loyal. It's a unique club, the St Kilda Footy Club, so it holds a very special place and halves a massive part of that. We get to talk about it tomorrow on the Sunday. Rub, Joey, and a recap the big night that will be tonight at St Kilda. Yep. And we're going to preview some of the rest of the Saturday games because there is footy on. Yes. I mean, we're getting a little bit sidetracked and distracted here at Albert Park, but there are some cracking games to look we forward to. We don't have to worry about the footy. It's all good. <laughs> A Hawthorne oh. playing this weekend? <laughs> yeah, we got the Sam Mitchell, uh, Alistair Clarkson Cup coming up. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey J, Catherine Lemo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey J, Kath Lemo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Live from Albert Parches, we've got a good posse here, don't we? We've got the coffees, the food, what more could you want? We're right. Uh, trackside. This is this is living, Lemo. I tell you what, and I lo- just love the sound of those cars in the background. <laughs> so just such a good vibe down so here. Loud. And you and Kath as well. Can I just say, we said it earlier. Kath today looks like she's pulled up on a Ducati. Rest to impress. <laughs> just rip the helmet off, shaking the hair yeah. out. Got, you've got real F1 vibes about yeah, you today, Drive Kath. to Survive's really got to you now. Yeah, You're yeah, starting to dress like it. If you can remember the movie Grease, um, what was oh, it? Sandy. Oh. Is it Sandy? <laughs> Sandy. With, yes. with the leather like jacket. Sandy right now. You've got Sandy vibes. Just everyone listening in, usually I rock up in active wear with wet hair and yeah. I just do not care. Yes. Today I've put in a little bit of effort yes. because we're you out in great. public. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, we, we haven't even spoken about the showdown, which is on tonight. One of the great games at Adelaide Over. I've never seen a showdown live. It's, a, it's, it's massive. It's huge in South Australia, of course. But one of the things I love about the showdown is how often the underdog gets up. Yep. It's a real leveller for it's some like, reason, it's like the, the showdown. Derby. The, the form guide goes out the yep. window and it really is just all about the rivalry. And, mm. yes, certainly one I always tune into on the TV and wish I was there, the showdown, Adelaide v Port tonight. Joey, I want to get your expert oh. opinion as to how you think the game mm. will unfold. Well... Wow. Hurtless, who knows? Look, Adelaide, <laughs> from what we've seen and that so far. expert. Yes. Yeah, I, know. I feel like saying that. Like, we don't really know at the moment. I think Adelaide could win. I mean, these showdowns, it's like any of these derbies or, yeah. um, you know, sort of um, rivalry games, anyone could win. So the Crows could actually pull it off. Port Adelaide, I think, would bounce back. And I think Port Adelaide are a team that expect to play finals. I think they can sneak into the finals. So they would want to be winning this game. They've made a bit of a statement at selection. Jay-Z, um, Finn Layson's back in, but they've made a big out. Yeah, they love Finn Layson in the ruck to help chop out and help uh, Scotty Lyce. So George Yardis, from a trade perspective, is one of the most fascinating this year because we know you know, he's a, he's a WA boy, but he's been out of form. He's really struggled over the first three rounds, George Yardis. You look at him on paper, you think, oh, beautiful, tall, key forward. And he can be good in the air, but hasn't been taking his marks and his goal kicking has been way off. That's affected his confidence clearly. So other clubs in the competition, not just the 
WA ones, Melbourne clubs look at this this guy and say, oh, he's not getting a, a regular game at Port Adelaide or he's being dropped to St Kilda. They're looking at Tom DeConing. Does St Kilda look at someone to partner Max King? Collingwood, what biggest club in the country. Do they need that young prime centre-half forward? They've got Mason Cox, who just walked past me, by the way, out, out there in the back paddock. So he and Matoma can't play. You're going to socialise. He was a glamour on the grid. Yeah, was yep. he? Yeah, yeah, he was so I just think George Yardy is one of the most interesting players yeah. in this year's trade market. And I reckon this managers will be looking at him going, I don't really know. So it's going to be an interesting body of work. Well, it's the t- second year in a row he's been dropped. He got dropped a couple of times last year. Now he's been dropped at round three. So uh, yeah. a fascinating one. But that'll be a cracking game. Yeah, yeah. As will the uh, Western, Western Australian Derby. Yes. Have you been to one of them? Yeah. Derby. Yes, I have been to plenty of derbies in my life. Yeah, and they are, they're, they're, Must win for Freo. Must win. Or well, they are in real strife. We've spoken about Luke Jackson a lot. Haven't we, yep. Joey? We took me on on air last year. The big pay packet, etc. Who's brought across from Melbourne? How are you seeing that that ruck um, pairing work at the moment? Need to calm down a little bit, though. It's only been two games. Yeah, he signed a seven-year deal. I mean, he's there for the long term, and the, the sort of the, the sustained success of that footy club with the young group. I mean, they've still been averaging. I think they're the fourth youngest team that have been playing week on week this really? season. Yeah, they're the fourth youngest. So. They've still got a lot of upside. I mean, but some of the commentaries like he's been brought to the club this year to win a flag yep. for Fremantle. Yep. That hasn't worked so far. That's been pretty obvious. It takes a bit of time. The team hasn't been playing well. They'll find their chemistry at some stage, but they'd want to get a bit of a move on to try and get, get their season going. The other one today is GWS Carlton. I love watching the Giants under Adam Kingsley and where they're heading. It's always such a difficult one, though. They had that brutal game in round one, then had to fly to Perth. Yep, yep. Yep, yep, that's right. Um, and now, sorry, I'm just double-checking. There's a lot going on right here. It's a little bit distracting here at Allen Park. I love when Kath fact-checks herself. Halfway <laughs> <laughs> through a bit. Yeah. I look at you guys going, yep, confirm that one for me. Yeah. Um, but GWS Carlton. Hard yep. to know what to make of the Giants yet. I mean, one good performance, one sort of okay against West Coast, but we'll find out more about them. And the other one, too, the Gold Coast Geelong game. Is going to be fascinating because I know yeah. Lemo's exciting, hoping that maybe that uh, the Gold Coast back at home in some humid conditions could just test the cats and maybe cause an upset. I see already Stewie Jews, the heads on the block. I read in the paper today. Caro. Caro's had a great Stewie Jews. It doesn't take long, does it? It, is, it is a danger game for the cats. I'd love to see Gold Coast win today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, for you a would. whole bunch of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what happens with this? Can we just broad brush for a second. What happens with the Gold Coast Footy Club? And if you, if you don't care, then, then stop me off. But if they, if they sort of meander along through the season and don't make finals again, uh, what, like, what, I know we always talk about this. But what do we what do we want? How they're, long? Just, they're just an average football team. Like there are teams every year that are good. Some that are really bad, and some that just hover in the middle. And, and for me, they're just a the team that so hover in the middle. If it, you're Ben King, what are you doing? Sorry, Lemo. Oh, like, okay. Now we're going to the a oh. player. Well, if you're Ben King, well, they're the ones that are going to drive it. I want Ben. King and Raul and Anderson and Lockie Weller and those guys to just to take it to another level in regards to taking the club where they want to get to and play finals. So I'm putting it on them. Don't jump ship and go, oh, we're just an average team. Be the ones that actually drive the ship. The hard mm. thing is, do those players look at a Tom Lynch, Dion Prestia, all exactly. the players who have left and achieved the ultimate success and go, well, I want that too. Then, then make it happen at Gold Coast. You, you, can't, play fr- you can't play in front of 80,000 on a Friday night. These, like Ben King, if he played for Richmond or yes. Collingwood, 
at Hawthorne, he, they'd be the, the biggest I'm, talk in town. I'm with you, Joey. Like I mean, I'll... I get that. That's yeah, that, that's an option. But then if they all continue to keep doing that, then Gold Coast will just continue to be a middle of the road side. Have we not learned that the Gold Coast is not a place for a sporting franchise? That's... Every single sporting, it's good for schoolies, yeah. and it's good for a world, whatever your world might be. <laughs> yeah, but it point. is not good for a sporting franchise. We need to give up on it at some point. If the Titans can't work there, then not. <laughs> Are you genuine about thinking we should just give up on 100%. the Gold Coast experiment? 100%. We're going to be here in 30 years' time going, God, wish we pulled the plug 20 years ago. Well, that's what Gil McLaughlin said throughout the week. He said if it takes a generation, we'll back it in for a generation. Now, considering they pay, it's $20 million a year, yeah. it's a long but lot I, of money. I think from them it's all about growing the game in markets where mm. footy isn't the number one sport. But a danger mm. game for the Cats who need to get their season going. Yep. Tom Stewart back from that knee injury ahead of schedule. Joey, haven't been going that well. I think it's going to be a difficult game for the Cats yeah, up there at, yeah, away. It will be, and you wonder whether have they just rushed him back a little bit, Tom Stewart, because they need the win. I don't think so. They wouldn't take any risks with him, but it's a surprise he's back as early as they have. And the other one we haven't touched on, Melbourne-Sydney, is yeah. going to be a cracking game. Two teams that have... Sydney have got the wood over Melbourne yes. over recent history. They, they play so much um, better against them. So, Speaking of, that game takes place exactly when the Grand Prix is on, right? The yeah. race starts. Yeah, I won't be watching the Ds. <laughs> have you ever played a game where you know not a lot of people are watching because there's some other significant world event on? Oh, off the top of my head, that's a hard one, mm-hmm. Kath. I It'd be a know. funny feeling, wouldn't it? Uh, you won an Anzac Day medal in New Zealand at the cake tin. That no one saw it. <laughs> Yeah, very good, Jason. That's That's very good by you, Jason. Hey, we've got our uh, Dead Set Legend of the Week coming up and give me a smell. smell. (laughs) (laughs) It's our new contest here on Dead Set Legends. (laughs) Give me a smell. Guess the smell with calf. Uh, The Saturday rub. I'm going to be very careful right now. Jay-Z is getting very excited because in about 10 minutes, he's uh, free to let loose. Jay-Z, are we getting the beers delivered over to the table in a minute? Oh, no, he's got the wrong microphone. Everyone's getting distracted here. (laughs) He's a bit distracted. I can see. Have you had a beer already? Not yet, but I'm looking at a couple of cold Heinekens right now, and they might be the double zeros, Kath, and uh, looking forward to uh, having one or two of those a little bit later. Mm. What about Uh, you? Are you sticking around? No, I'm I'm going home to settle into the couch and watch Hawthorne play North Melbourne. Oh, Oh, you're that person. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll be watching. Yeah. Well, no, I won't be watching, but I'll check the score. Hey, and um, if you're out and about tonight, I'll be at the uh, European Bar in the city uh, for the Late Show. Get on, get involved. Come yes. on, hang on. Yeah. What time? Because ten forty-five. Oh, because I might need somewhere to go. I've got oh. a few friends coming to the Hall of Fame. Come after on the, down. And then they're watching the game, oh. St Kilda Essendon. We need somewhere to go afterwards. Late Show starts oh, at ten forty-five. So good. My mates love to heckle too when they're at a view. That could work. The European Bar. Albert Park Hotel. I think. I'll keep that in mind. It's going to be an awesome night the G, obviously St Kilda's 150th anniversary celebrations, taking yep. on Essendon. I know you want to talk about the Bombers, Jay-Z, but um, Joey, can you give any of the St Kilda fans a hint or two as to what they can expect well, I think it starts at about 6.45. There will be something out on the field so all the sort of past players will get out there. I don't think it'll be as big as a, the Essendon style mm. set up for their 150 year they last did that well, year. They did they? it really well. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think Callum Wilkie's getting in the middle of all the past <laughs> players and giving a, a fire-up speech, but um, it will be a ceremony to just to recognise the past players and the club to still be going strong for 150 years. Yes, and uh, have a great night, Joey. Um, play-
Plugger going to be there, we think? Well, we're not sure. We're not sure. Could he? That might be my dead set legend of the week, Jay-Z. So thank you for ruining that one. Sorry, mate. Wait, he is your dead set legend of the week. Well, because there's a chance that we're hearing that there's a late late call. He could be coming, Plugger. He's he's a harder man to get a hold of than Greg Rust, I'll tell you what. um, We think there could be a chance to make a late appearance. Speaking of the game, what are we expecting? Oh, I think it could go either way. I've been really impressed by uh, the Super Saints, of course. But Essendon, you think, might have an advantage in the midfield. I mean, Zach Merritt's looking like an All-Australian at the moment, Parish, etc. Yes, they've got a bit of a makeshift forward line, so maybe Essendon come in as this uh, deserved favourite. Stringer's back, yep. back. Rossi will get the job done. Ross will find a way to beat the Bombers like he has the first two teams, Fremantle and the Bulldogs. So they'll be three and zip. Time for Give Me a Spell. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Can I do a retrospective? Give me a spell, just yep. quickly. Remember that. Remember the group of people who didn't want the Grand Prix for. Remember for about ten years ago, there's a while. I don't have the Grand Prix. It's oh, too yeah. noisy. Or the, yeah, the fun police. Yeah, the fun police. Yeah. Give me a spell. This thing has grown into a beautiful, magnificent event for our city. Give me a spell. All those knockers yep. back in the day. Good so watch. hard to choose. A give me a spell this week. Kane Corn saying Hawthorne are tanking. Joey saying <laughs> it's a ten year rebuild. Fifteen year rebuild. Caro having a crack at Clarko for having fun on the <laughs> sidelines. But my give it a spell. I'm giving it to the St Kilda Football Club. Oh, get off us. It's that big 150th. The most iconic photo from that football club, Daryl Bulldock holding the Premiership Cup, wearing a bloody Collingwood oh, Guernsey. It is yeah, tragic. Give me a spell. Oh, I know. It is oh. bad. Oh, dear. It yeah. is a disgrace. If only they knew at the time what a mistake that was going to be. Um, well, we were going to do our Dead Set Legend of the Week, but Jay-Z ruined that. Have you a, a good day, Jay-Z. Yes. Have a good day. Uh, you're kitted up. No, more importantly, you have a good day and Thank night, you. Joey, because such a special uh, uh, evening for you and all Saints fans. Enjoy the yeah. Grand Prix weekend. Yes. Yes. For those lucky enough to have a ticket, this has been Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Jojo, Catherine, Limo. That's it for this week's edition of Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Brought to you by Betfair. Play your way and find better odds on the footy at Betfair. Imagine what you could be buying instead. These legends will be back next week. It's like Adele Santo Montana once <laughs> back in the day. <laughs>